0: Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this how-to episode, we will look at all the key elements of a well lived life of fulfillment according to the life purpose and calling God has created for you. I have mentioned in other podcasts about the love letter that the Lord gave me in 1979, just days after my salvation. I'm going to bring it up again today because it was the subject of a biblical research project where the Lord brought it back to my attention when the assignment was for me to research what love had to do with callings. I wound up having a 75-page biblical research project that included research and several of the bolded words included in this letter. So I will read to you the letter again and then share with you which highlighted words were used in the Biblical Research Project. If you're interested in more about the story of that letter and how God wound up making it a viral thing, and where thousands of people at this point have probably received this letter, You simply need to find it on the internet and research the words, I am God, believe it, and be satisfied, and you will see many, many pages of it. I'll also link below the other episodes where I've referenced this letter. Here it is for you one more time. Everyone longs to give themselves completely to someone, to have a deep soul relationship with another, to be loved thoroughly and exclusively. But God to a Christian says, no, not until you are satisfied, fulfilled, and content with being loved by me alone. I love you, my child, and until you discover that only in me is your satisfaction to be found, you will not be capable of the perfect human relationship that I have planned for you. You will never be united with another until you are united with me, exclusive of anyone or anything else. Exclusive of any other desires or longings. I want you to stop planning, stop wishing, and allow me to give you the most thrilling plan existing one you cannot imagine. I want you to have the best. Please allow me to bring it to you. Just keep experiencing that satisfaction of knowing that I am. Keep learning and listening to the things I tell you. You must wait. Don't be anxious, don't worry, don't look around at the things others have gotten or I've given to them. Don't look at the things you think you want. Just keep looking off and away up to me, or you will miss what I have to show you. And then, when you're ready, I'll surprise you with a love far more wonderful than anyone would dream. You see, until you are ready, and until the one I have for you is ready, I am working even at this very moment to have you both ready at the same time. Until you are both satisfied exclusively with me and the life I have prepared for you, you won't be able to experience the love that exemplifies your relationship with me. And this is the perfect love. And dear one, I want you to have this most wonderful love. I want you to see in the flesh a picture of your relationship with me and enjoy materially and concretely the everlasting union of beauty, perfection, and love that I offer you with myself. Know that I love you utterly. I am God. Believe it and be satisfied. We learned from this love letter that you cannot align yourself with God's kingdom plan without having an abiding love relationship with the Lord. He has to be your primary love. This is the first lesson. Get close to God and you will be on your way to find your purpose in life connected to God's kingdom plan. You cannot release what you do not have. Your calling will always be about God's kingdom plan and purposes, and never about selfish desires. So many people try to find satisfaction in this world, but true satisfaction is not from this world, it's from the Lord. Some of the key words that were researched in this letter were words like satisfied, completely, fulfilled, love, united with me, listening and learning, thrilling plan, looking, ready, experience, relationship, and perfect love. If you had all of these words as experiences in your life, you would be living in the sweet spot of your calling. Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived, and he learned this lesson. The entire book of Ecclesiastes is a lament about how he was ultimately unable to find satisfaction in this world. Now remember, Solomon did not have the indwelling Holy Spirit. But in Ecclesiastes 1, 1 and 2, this is what he had to say about it. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All that is done without God's guidance is vanity, futile, meaningless, a wisp of smoke, a vapor that vanishes, merely chasing the wind. After I had completed the research of all of those key words and more, I asked the Lord to help me understand the connection between love and callings. And this is what he said. Love is what everything I do is all about. So it's what you and all believers are about. I've created you to show people the way, to help them tap into their own plans and purposes that I have deposited in them. Remember, to be a guide, you need to become an expert in the terrain. The love letter shows you the benefit, the outcome, of a perfect love connection between me and you, me and any believer. Your job is to learn the terrain of helping people sense me, my heart, and grow close enough to me to trust me with their lives and the plans I have for them for their lives. You cannot do that for others until it becomes second nature for you. So learning this lesson is your job now in the wilderness. Most people think inaccurately about what a calling is. People think that they are serving according to their calling if they serve the Lord in areas of their personal passion and their own motivation that comes from themselves. This kind of service is without the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit. Many inaccurately feel as though I will come alongside them because their motivation is to serve me. But this mindset leads to burnout, frustration, and a sense of martyr's pride. It comes from striving and not resting. The key difference here is that they have a what focus and not a why focus. They think that what they do for me is key. People, especially in the Western culture, get wrapped up in their identities based on what they do for a living. This is not important to me. The important thing is why. The motivational heart of God to reach the lost and hurting people and the who they are becoming. In order to find your calling, You need to find your God. When you connect my heart with your heart, I will move you accordingly. People get caught up in this world as if this is the only world. This world was created only as a precursor for the next world, heaven. Your challenge is to help people understand the plans I have for them, their own way to the Father. The letter speaks of a thrilling plan and of the one true love. People cannot have satisfaction in this life until they find satisfaction in me. They can't love others properly or do what they are gifted to do without my anointing power. Satisfaction in this life is wrapped up in learning that it's not about this life at all. It's all about me. The love, the power and the direction all come from clearly seeing how you fit into my big plan like a puzzle piece in the big overall kingdom plan. Help people find their way, the flow, the ocean waves, the wind in their sails that carries them to their niche, their unique fit, and you will have fulfilled your calling and found your way. Faith, hope, trust, love, And all the other love characteristics you're discovering along the way are breadcrumbs to follow when finding the way. Colossians 2.10 says, For in him all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete, and he is the head and ruler of all authority. One of the most interesting words connected to callings that I learned about when I was doing my biblical research was the word for fulfillment. It is pleroma, and it means to be fulfilled. It is to signify that which is complete and suggest a boldness that points to your body as being a filled receptacle of the power of Christ. In other words, fulfillment is figuring out who your true Christ identity is. It is part of becoming who God created you to become. This essentially is the definition of fulfillment. It denotes full spirituality of the Holy Spirit's grace and truth and power and affects the spiritual quality of every work you accomplish with God. In his Level 10 Lifestyle class, Lance Walnow has a Venn diagram that depicts three key elements that are required for you to live in fulfillment. This is what I'm calling the sweet spot of your calling. I have what I'm about to describe as a picture that you can find on the pattyej.podbean.com site for this episode. But imagine three overlapping circles. One that says interest, and that's the stuff you love to do. Another circle says aptitude. Those are the things that you're great at. Not just good at, but great at. And the third circle is God's provision, all needed resources, money, partners, and materials for you to accomplish what he's given you to do. When the three circles overlap, that center section that has a bit of all three circles is the piece that is the sweet spot of your calling. Let's look at one circle at a time. In the interest circle, these are clues from your life about how God has put people and areas in your life that draw your attention. Your interests include things not only about the things you enjoy doing, but the people that the Lord has put on your heart to care about. This is the why and the what and the who of your calling. The why is your motivation. The area that moves you to compassion, and the who is the population burden of people that God puts on your heart to want to help. Remember that your motivation must be selfless to be part of God's kingdom and calling plan. So it's not about interests that benefit only you. These are interests about blessing others. There are 21 verses in the Bible that say Jesus was moved by compassion. He would be moved to heal, to feed people, and to minister in other capacities when his heart would break for somebody that was in need. He showed us perfectly how to serve based on that kingdom emotion of compassion, and he causes your heart to break for those people his heart is breaking for that he wants to connect you to. This becomes your heart motivation. The aptitude circle is not just things you're good at, it's things you're great at. This describes the how of your calling the skills and the talents and the giftings that are unique to you. God has wired you with natural abilities for use in serving him in the kingdom plan. Romans twelve sixty eight 8 says, Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us has to use them accordingly. If someone has a gift of prophecy, let him speak a new message from God to his people in proportion to those the faith possess, if service is, is the act of serving, or he who teaches, the act of teaching, or he who encourages, the act of encouragement, or he who gives with generosity, he who leads with diligence, or he who shows mercy in caring for others with cheerfulness. These are just some of the ways that God may have wired you to serve. In addition to these, he may have given you gifts in music or arts, or or in my case, just the ability to see patterns and create models that help move people forward. The third circle is God's provision. God is your provider, and he's the one that elevates you to new levels of responsibility and opens the floodgates of His provision to support you when you have proven yourself to be trustworthy with the gifts. God will open doors, make divine connections, provide provision of money and other needed resources to support you in your assignments. God always equips what He calls. Hebrews 13:20 20 to 21 says, "Now may the God of peace, the source of serenity and spiritual well-being, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood that sealed and ratified the eternal covenant, equip you with every good thing to carry out his will and strengthen you, making you complete and perfect as you ought to be, accomplishing in us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I love that this verse references the Good Shepherd, because it also implies guidance, care, and protection, all that you need for your life journey to fulfill your calling. All three of these circles must line up for you to be living in the sweet spot of your calling, If anyone is missing, you will not find that ultimate satisfaction. And I will say that you may find yourself in the sweet spot of your calling multiple times in your life. You're in it, and then the Lord pulls you out and prepares you for the next thing, and then steps you in again at a higher level. This is something we see happen in Bible examples I'll share later. If you have two but not three, you are not living in the sweet spot. So, for example, if you love it and and you are able to make a living at it but you don't, you're not great at it, you're not going to stay employed very long and the Lord will find someone who's better at it to do it. If you are able to make a living and you're good at something but you're not loving it, then you will be starting with yourself and lack the compassion of God as a motivation and it will burn you out. You may make a nice living for yourself, but callings are about advancing the kingdom and not your personal lifestyle. If you love it and you're great at it, but you're not yet seeing great provisional progress, then God is still preparing you for the elevation of the platform of his provision. There are lessons you need to learn to handle the favor of God at new levels. With God's favor, there is more pushback from the enemy. There's a whole episode on that, on the two-sided magnet of God's favor. If you're not mature enough, you will not be able to handle the increase of God's favor. Let's look at some examples of people who had, who lived wonderful sweet spots of their anointing. Let's look at Bezalel, Exodus 31, 1-11. Now the Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and skill and understanding and intelligence, knowledge of all kinds of craftsmanship, to make artistic designs to work with gold, silver, and bronze, and the cutting of stones for setting and carving of wood, to work of all kinds of craftsmanship. Then the verse goes into more detail about the specific assignment that he's giving Bezalel. And I just want to pick it up in the second half of verse 11. And it says, They are to make them according to all that I have commanded you. God gave Bezalel the gifting. He gave him an assignment. And he fully provided for him to accomplish it. Notice, too, that God gave him the blueprints. God not only told him what needed to happen, but he is the way as well. He always shows you the how to accomplish anything according to his plans. Bezalel added his skill and obedience to God's voice to the anointing from God to do the job so he could accomplish it according to all that God commanded him to do. That's what a calling looks like. We first must become who we need to be. Then we need to obey God's voice to do things according to our giftings and by His direction and plan. If you read the life story of Agnes Ganja Boya Jew, who the world would come to know as Mother Teresa, you learn that she devoted her life to God at the age of 12. She had a heart for the poor humility, and a heart of service. She began by being trusted with little, and the Lord would bless her with more. She had a great heart for loving the most unlovable and forgotten people, and she served selflessly all her life. She chose to live in poverty so she could relate more to the conditions of the people she was called to serve. Yet in her humility, God raised her up to a massive public platform and money poured in to support her causes. The Lord favored her with opportunities to speak and share the needs of the poor and sick she was serving, and money absolutely poured in to support those causes. One of Mother Teresa's biggest achievements, apart from the Nobel Peace Prize she earned, was helping to establish a 35-acre town of peace, a rehabilitation community for lepers in Calcutta. She loved the outcasts, the people who had terrible diseases. Mother Teresa loved people so much that she gave up all of her luxuries and comforts, and the world knew that she was going to help the poorest of the poor. So does God. Hers was a life of a great example of someone finding the sweet spot of their calling and trusting God to provide for meeting all the needs of that assignment. I was super excited to learn this quote from her. She remarked, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across water to create many ripples. I thought this was incredible since the Lord gave me this experience when I asked him to show me something to help me understand callings. Jesus and I were standing on the shore of the Sea of Galilee when he handed me a small translucent stone of light. It was warm in my hand. It had a holographic nature. For when I moved it, I could see the changing words that were there and then not there. Love, peace, and joy, and other fruit of the spirit words. They are God's character, his glory in a stone. The stone was warm, a comforting kind of warm, like a blanket right out of the driver, wrapped around you on a cold and dreary fall day. Comforting, like the comforter. It felt good in my hand. Then Jesus told me to fling it into the sea like you would a skipping stone. I didn't want to throw it away because it felt precious to me, but I would because the Lord wanted me to. I held the stone between my thumb and forefinger, rubbing the warm, smooth surface with it, my fingers, then I flicked it with my wrist. It flew and landed on top of the water. Unexpectedly, as soon as it hit the surface, it multiplied to five stones— not dropping to the water, but still lit up on the water's surface. Each stone created ring ripples all at once. Then the five stones multiplied again and repeated the pattern of multiplying, skipping, creating stones, multiplying, skipping, creating stones, until the lights and ripples filled the whole sea as far as my eyes could see. I was struck by the beauty and power of it. I turned to Jesus and asked him what it meant, and he said, This is the multiplying effect of people finding me and being changed by my love. The stones represent people moved so much by my love that they contagiously share it in their own unique ways, just as I've created them to do. Your calling is to show people the way to that love. God is a God of multiplication. I hadn't noticed it because I was distracted by the beauty, but then I realized I had another stone in my hand. Jesus said every stone is an opportunity, a new encounter, an intervention to help people find my love. Abide in me and listen to my voice, for these are opportunities to throw the next stone and the beauty can start all over again. Then the Lord led me to 2 Thessalonians 1:11, with this in mind we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness, and your every deed prompted by faith. If what you're doing does not reflect the love of God, it's not from God. God is love, and His purposes are always wrapped in love. There were two times in my life that I experienced the sweet spot of my calling, and God has promised me another upgrade. I loved everything about my season at Parmadale, I was well-paid for a non-profit, faith-based organization director. I was making a huge impact on eight counties of service in Ohio. Life was good. I ignored the direction of God to quit that job for six months and go out on my own as a consultant. I did not want to walk away from that satisfying sweet spot. But I did. I finally obeyed God's voice and hung my shingle as a faith-based nonprofit organization development consultant with a ministry I named Strength and Partners. My job was to help organizations unify and partner on behalf of common service populations. It took only a few months for the Lord to put me smack into a new sweet spot that lasted about 12 years. I was upgraded to work with 14 public service systems and 64 faith-based organizations and increased my impact to thousands of families in Ohio. So you may have more than one sweet spot season in your life. God moves you up from glory to glory, anointing to anointing, but you must obey those times when you have to go back into the wilderness to prepare for your next season. I was pulled out of that season about 11 years ago when I discovered that I had Lyme's disease and the Lord took me through my season of healing, writing books, eventually getting my doctorate at Christian Leadership University and shifting my focus entirely to discipleship uh, as a professor and podcaster and author. It has been a long season with lots of lessons to learn, and the Lord has upgraded me, and I'm looking forward to a new platform very soon as part of that promise. It begins with the Lord trusting you with a little and then increasing you with more. In the parable of the talents in Matthew twenty-five, fourteen to thirty, we see that a master gives three people a specific amount, a measure of money, a talent. A talent is a weight, a measure of silver. We can look at a talent as a measure of responsibility to use the resources and gifts that the Lord has entrusted with us. The parable shows that two of the men multiplied their starting measure, and the master was pleased and gave them more. But the one that did not multiply his talent was called wicked, and what was given to him was taken away. If you show yourself faithful, God will continue to increase your measure. Your measure is your kingdom impact and includes your opportunities, your resources, and your influence. It's been about 11 years now since I've been in this season, a new season of learning lessons, healings, teaching, writing books, podcasting, and serving as a professor at Christian Leadership University. This is the season of preparation for a promised new level of kingdom impact from local to national to international. I am still relatively hidden, even though I do serve internationally, but the Lord has given me a new upgrade and a new platform to follow soon. God will pull you out and take you back into the wilderness to prepare you for your next sweet spot. David was anointed as king 14 years before he would step into the role as king and in that season he learned to trust the lord as a shepherd with the lion and the bear and that trust taught him how to trust god to take down goliath then he spent many years in service and ministry under king saul that season was one of great physical wars and success with those wars occupying much land for israel and then great spiritual warfare being hunted by a jealous Saul for many, many years. He remained faithful and was ultimately elevated to king. He passed every test along the way and was able to step into his called destiny. Walking with God is important to do in his timing. Don't lag behind him and don't get ahead of him. There's only one today. Your yesterdays are memories of past todays. Your future is nothing more than the glimpse of a promises of a future today. The Lord's Prayer says, give us this day. So learn how to follow God one day at a time, one moment at a time. Lagging behind is evidence of fear. It's not trusting God to equip you to accomplish each assignment. So make sure you obey assignments and prop things immediately, because that is the moment where the anointing exists to accomplish it. Getting ahead of God is pride. It says you don't need God, you can figure this thing out on your own. Trust me, I know this lesson personally. Going your own way always takes longer, lacks God's power, is of less quality, and is ultimately a dead work. So trust God. He is the way, after all. Second Peter 1, to 3-11 says, Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know, personally and intimately, the One who invited us to God. The best invitation we've ever received. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you, your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on the world corrupted by lust. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, generous love, each dimension fitting into and developing the others. With these qualities active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our Master Jesus. Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you, oblivious that your old sin nature, life, has been wiped off the books. So friends, confirm God's invitation to you, His choice of you, Don't put it off, do it now. Do this and you'll have your life on firm footing, the streets paved and the way wide open into the eternal kingdom of our Master and Savior, Jesus Christ. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, Please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadalacom shop. And remember the code EJPOD This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. Before you even go to your special place and have some time to play with the Lord and ask the questions I'll be suggesting you ask him today, I want you to do a little bit of homework first. I want you to draw those three overlapping circles, your interests, your aptitudes, and God's provision. And I want you to pray and have the Lord pop open for your mind the ability to see how he has connected you with the people and the things that his heart is breaking for in the interest category, and how he has gifted you with certain and unique skills. And mark those things inside the circles. And then look at how God has equipped you and provided the resources for you. Whatever area appears to be lacking, maybe you don't have a passion that is connecting with people. Maybe you have not found God's provision. Maybe you have not figured out what you're good at. That's the focus that you want to spend time in the special place talking to the Lord about. I want you to have some time with him playing in the special place, and I want you to have him fill out all three of those circles so that you can have an idea of what it would look like if you were living in the sweet spot of your calling. Take all the time you need and record it all in your journal. I hope that assignment was enlightening for you about how God has created you and maybe what you learned from it had to do with increasing your relationship with him first or maybe he has doors he wants to open for you. But I want you to remember that today is the day that you step into the direction that he's calling for you to do and ask him to give you one step that you can take to align yourself